Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to the Sunday night Q&A. Uh, this is Big Bros Go for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. With me tonight is one Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, haven't been doing all right for the last couple of days since that Thursday night game. But, you know, the, the chaos of this Sunday helps me feel a little better. It, it can help you feel a little better, but I don't know if you're like me. Today just didn't really seem like Sunday yeah. because the Steelers weren't playing football. It just told, it just didn't seem right today. I told my daughter, it felt like I was on vacation. Like, <laughs> like, like, it was kind of nice. It was kind of nice. You know, when you have like, it's like when you get when you get on a trip away from your family, you miss them. But you're also like, man, I'm glad to get a little time away. You know, at the same time, you love them, you miss them, but you you, you kind of need some space every once in a while. I, I, the Steelers and I are right there right now. I just, I'm glad to have a little space. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, you know what? A after the start of this season, I bet there are a lot of fans out there that feel the same way, that maybe they just needed a little space from the Steelers right now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm like you. I'm still trying to get over everything on Thursday night. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I was just, I don't know. Um, what I want to say, I guess the word I'd use is numb while I was sitting in kind of watching this game. I just was yeah. like, yep, this isn't going great. This is not how this game, yeah. Uh, especially in the second half. Mm -hmm. I would just, the second half was, um, it was just bad football. <laughs> yeah. Well, what stood out to me watching it, because I had to go back and watch it again uh, for my film stuff, is the Browns offensive line looking like they look against other teams, against the Steelers, which they don't do. They come in and they're like, this is the best offensive line in football, and the Steelers make them look bad. Miles Garrett comes in. PFF's like, he's the greatest player in the football world that's ever played football. And he comes in and plays the Steelers and does nothing. And on film, he doesn't do anything. This time, that second half, I mean, there was plays he's beating double teams and just in the backfield messing up everything. Uh, like There's a time he threw Dan Moore Jr. to the ground with one hand. Just threw the man to the ground and, and went in and disrupted the play. Like, they looked like the team everyone says they are, but they never are against us. They pulled it off this time. And that, that frustrates me more than anything else because it's always been, you know, if the Steelers lost to the Browns, it was because the Steelers lost. It was like that playoff game where the Steelers just yeah. shot themselves. Like you shoot yourself in the foot, pick the gun up, shoot yourself in the knee, then shoot yourself in your hip, and then, like, eventually you lose. Uh, but that this wasn't that. This was the Browns out-executing the Steelers to a level that the Browns looked like that team that's a playoff team, right, that, that everyone wants them to be all the time. And they finally looked the part against Pittsburgh, and that's uh, that feels awful. Yes, I actually found myself missing Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, and J Jacoby Brissett makes us miss Baker Mayfield. Yes, man. he does. <laughs> uh, we're talking about those days as the good old days. Oh. Uh. <laughs> the good old days of Baker Mayfield. So uh, with, with this being a Sunday night Q&A, just want to throw out there to all our folks that are out there in the live chat. Um, this is this show is really about you all. We are here going to, to just take questions from the live chat and 
Um, do our best to answer them or potentially just rant right along with you in your questions. Um, I'm expecting to see some questions come out there. Um, I'll go ahead and, you know, call, call someone out. Um, Steeler Freak, you had an awful lot to say before we even got the show rolling, so I'm expecting some questions. So, um, so we'll do that. In the meantime, Jeffrey, you know, let me ask you a quick question, okay? Where do the Pittsburgh Steelers go from here? Where do they go from here? Oh, my goodness. That's that's really a good question. I, I You have to, to wonder, like uh, – Mike Sullivan, the quarterback coach, he's been an offense coordinator before, but it wasn't good. Uh, there's a reason he he got sent back down, you know. is he, Like, people can say, hey, give him another shot, but is he ready for that? We don't know if he's ready for that. We don't know if he's, if he, if he's really, you know, positioned for that. They've spent all this time and energy investing in an offensive line coach and Matt Canada's offense to run together. If you bring in a new coach – you can't do it to the players to, to be like, nope, we're completely ditching all of this, you know, all of the the, the wide receiver jets, you know, stuff. We're missing, we're, we're ditching all of Matt Canada stuff. You can't do that to the players, right? So you, you can't really even change the offense. You can change the play caller, but you can't change the offense right now with all the investment they've done in it. Where do you go? You know, you're, you're right now, they're just waiting for TJ Watt to come back and hoping they can break their streak of what, 0-6-1 and without TJ Watt the last three years? Like, it's incredible. I, I it's, where, where do you go? And, and the crazy thing is one of the few changes you can make is Kenny Pickett. That's really it. And so that, that gets focused on, should they make that change or not? Because that's the one change that can be made without major problems, without majorly rewriting, you know, this season that's it and are we is is that the right move i mean that's that's the debate and a lot of people are saying yeah do it because hey that's what can be done i don't know do you see any other options for this team at at, at this point no not not a whole lot um because really once you once you really work your way into the regular season um if you get to the point where you do something really really drastic you've basically you're basically waving the white flag like you said other than making a quarterback change you know changing coordinators or things like that is basically waving the white flag yeah and i can tell you three games in the steelers are not going to start waving the white flag not to say that they necessarily wouldn't at some point but not three games into the season so uh, first couple of things came up here, a couple questions, and the first two are basically related. I'll put up here, um, maybe. Come on. Okay, my mouse is, oh, all right, one more time. All right, Vincent uh, Girello says, uh, what do the Steelers do this week at quarterback? And right after that, we had still cold saying, what do you think of Tomlin sticking with Mitch? So in, in regards to Vincent's question, you know, what are they going to do? Well, Tom came right out after the game, said he w- there was not going to be a change this week at quarterback. So he, basically he's sticking with, with Trubisky. What are your thoughts on that, Jeffrey? Well, my thoughts are if you look at what the Steelers have done, 
this whole off season, if we if we remove the feelings of the moment, we look at this entire process from the moment they started preparing to move on from Ben Roethlisberger, right? They've been moving towards an offense that they want to run, more towards what the Chiefs run, what the Chargers run, what the more modern NFL offense. And you kind of have to do that. Teams can solve the Ben Roethlisberger, you know, stuff. And we don't have Ben Roethlisberger to beat them, right? You have to be creative. You have to spread the field laterally and vertically. The offense the Steelers want to be fits Mitch Trubisky better right now, right? It fits him better. The offense that they end up stuck with because they're not being able to execute that offense, in my opinion, is a better fit. Kenny Pickett could run that better than Mitch Trubisky. And that's that's kind of where I am. It's it's almost like when they go to Kenny Pickett, you're saying, okay, the team we want to be, the plan we've made for this season has failed. Let's salvage what we can. And let's put Kenny Pickett in, even though he may not be ready, and this team's offense really isn't set up for him yet, right? But I, I that's what I feel. I feel like sticking with Mitch Trubisky is saying, no, we're sticking to the plan. We're getting this offense installed. We're going to get it down. We're going to get the kinks ironed out with Mitch Trubisky and then turn it over to Kenny Pickett. That's I feel that's what they're doing. But, man, how bad can you get? I I, I honestly think they'd be 2-1 and one if it was Kenny Pickett in there because I think you beat New England. Like, there were so many – they were giving him so many little underneath stuff that, that Trubisky just wasn't hitting that Kenny Pickett would have. Like, that's his skill set is, is, is those in-rhythm throws. That's not Trubisky's strength, and that's what what we were stuck with. Teams are basically giving us those throws and then the outside stuff, right? And Trubisky isn't doing it. He isn't cutting it. Yeah, I I have um, a little I'd add to that. And and to me, I I think we're holding off a little bit on Pickett is is because once you go to Pickett, you don't go back. Yeah. If you go to pick it and go back, that's bad. Like you don't go right. to Ben Roethlisberger and then Tommy Magus comes back and takes over. Once once Tom Brady took over, Drew Bledsoe didn't play. He got you know he only came in when he got hurt and then he was gone. That was it. Yeah, and, and so so I think the Steelers are are wanting to be a little careful when they finally make that move. It, yeah. it has you know it has to be strategic in how they make that move. Not just, you know, I'm with you. I think we would be two and one right now if Kenny Pickett were the quarterback. But if there are still things in that offense that they're wanting to get ironed out, I also agree with, I don't want to work on ironing out with Kenny Pickett because if things go bad, I do not, once it goes to Kenny Pickett, go back to Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. And we've all seen, we've all seen teams like Cleveland take a talented quarterback and just ruin the guy because the offense doesn't work. So they bring in a new, and they, they put them through the ringer of you've got three different offensive coaches and you've got two different offensive line coaches and you've changed the scheme and changed all this stuff in their like first three years. The Steelers don't want to do that. So if this offense isn't going to work and you're going to have to change it, like the people sitting here saying we should fire Mike, uh, fire Matt Canada. If you want Matt Canada gone, that means we should stick with Mitch Trubisky. And let Kenny Pickett play for the that guy was, who's that was actually the, that was actually yeah. the next question up there. Should they fire the coordinator? If you if you fire the coordinator, like 
I don't know, man. I don't. That's not a decision I like in season. I don't like, especially this early in the season, man. Early season right. coordinator firings. Who are you hiring? Like an interim coordinator to coach out the last three games. Okay, yeah, maybe something like that can work. But to coach the next 14 games as an interim offensive coordinator, especially when your options are like Mike Sullivan, who wasn't great. I, I don't I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that works for me. I That's an after the season thing. Yep, that's – I'm kind of that same way. You know, you, you chose to ride in with that person to start the season. Um, unless it's really, really, really out of control, you, you ride with that person, get through the season, then worry about making your hiring. Yeah. So – all right, we'll take one of from one of our own. Uh, BTSC's Kyle Christ is the fan base worse now or this time last year when we were also one and two and ended up going to the playoffs. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it one step farther. Okay, because my one of my favorite memories of doing uh, my Wednesday night Know Your Enemy show uh, was when Michael Beck and I had the game when we were going to face the Washington football team in 2020, and the Steelers had not lost the game yet. They were 11-0. The Steelers had not lost. They had 11 wins. They were pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot with those 11 wins. And we go to face the Washington football team, and we're on the show, and we are, like, falling apart. Both Michael and I are like, what are the Steelers even going to do? All the people in the live chat are like, this team's the worst. And the guy from Washington is like, seriously, you're 11 and 0. Like, what is? And you're like, the sky is falling when you're 11 and 0. You know, we're one and two now. The sky is still falling. The sky has been falling for you know two and a half years in this Pittsburgh Steelers organization because Ben Roethlisberger stopped being Ben Roethlisberger, the guy who carried this team, and. The fan base is like, what do we do? Because honestly, there is an entire, I mean, there's an entire generation of Steeler fans, multiple generations of Steeler fans that don't know what it's like to have an average NFL quarterback. All they know is Ben Roethlisberger. So I, I think, I think it's pretty bad right now. I think it is because right now, you know, people are like, oh, Ben Roethlisberger is part of the problem. You know, he was, but he was still Ben Roethlisberger and a lot of the quarterbacks we're going to see are going to be worse than he was. Even there at the end, we're going to see guys who are worse than he was. We're going to see Kent Grahams again. We're going to see these guys again because it's not easy finding a Ben Roethlisberger. It's really hard. So, yeah, it's uh, we're in a bad spot, and we're going to slowly adjust to it again. It happens. Yeah, when, when you have a Ben Roethlisberger for, you know, 18 years – there's a lot of the fan base out there that they don't they don't remember. Yeah. They they yeah. don't remember the Mark Malone's, the Bubby Brister's, the uh, you know Cordell the Stewart. The 2001 Cordell Stewart playoff game. Where he had like yes. three fumbles and three interceptions and just single like it, it, everything went wrong that could for them to lose that game to the Patriots. Oh, yeah, four turnovers, two interceptions, two fumbles, and then they lost by a touchdown. Like, the process we got to go through 
is not a fun one, people. And it's coming. It's going to be here. And uh, the scary the scary thing to me is the last time we went through this, Dan Rooney was still in charge of this organization. Yes. And he's not. Nope. I, I'm not, and I'm not going to tell you Art Rooney the second is a bad front office guy or a bad football owner or, or anything like that. I'm going to tell you he's not Dan Rooney, who, in my opinion, is the best football, the best sports owner this nation has seen. What he did is incredible. His run is incredible. And when people start talking about, oh, look, Steelers haven't won the playoff game in so long, look back to when that started. Look back to when the success started going away and look at when Dan Rooney left this organization. It lines up. The man is irreplaceable. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? We may be more in line with like the Green Bay Packers success. You know, we may be a, we may be a second tier team now. We don't know. Life after Dan Rooney, life after Ben Roethlisberger, it could be hard. It it could be. Yeah. Could Hopefully be. not too bad. No, all right. William Caldwell asked, if Matt Canada doesn't work out going into next season, what about going after a guy like Eric Bieniemy, a guy who just can't seem to catch a break? People have nothing but good things to say about him. I can tell you my thought there. I love Eric Bieniemy. I can remember yeah. him all the way back to his college playing days. Um, and, and you're right. The guy hasn't caught a break, uh, except you know, when it comes to becoming a head coach. But why in the world is he going? would he want to leave being the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs to come do the same for the Steelers? You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna pluck an offensive coordinator from another team to come and be an offensive coordinator from the Steelers. You got to get. You're the you're the offense coordinator for you know Patrick Mahomes. Would you like to switch over to Kenny Pickett? Yeah, not happening. Yeah, not happening. So, um, all right. Finally, Steeler Freak gets in here. He says. Will the Rooney family finally spend real money on the coaching staff and free agents or will the team continue to go the way of Buffalo, of the Buffalo? The Rams broke the code with the salary cap. Will the Rooneys? Well, I got a question for you guys. How much are you willing to spend for tickets? Because the Rooneys yeah. aren't super filthy rich. You look up their net worth, that's mostly in the team. In order to have that kind of cash, they'd have to sell the team. And they've had to do that before. Sell off shares of the team in order to raise cash to keep up with other teams. And if you look at a lot of the ways teams circumvent the salary cap, when you hear people say the salary cap's not real, that's legit. There's ways to circumvent it. If you go back and you look over the last 20 years, cash spending, the Steelers are towards the bottom. Because they just can't spend with other teams. Teams that are in larger markets that charge you know, two to three times as much for tickets as the Steelers have that profit off preseason games and, and training camp. You look at what Dan Snyder hauls in over there in Washington and how he gouges those fans for a terrible product. And, and like the Roonies don't do that. And while we're grateful for that, that they that they don't gouge us as fans, that also means they don't just have massive amounts of money to throw around. And so they have to be more efficient. They have to be a better run organization because the other option is they, they, they don't, there's a limited amount of money they can raise here. There really is with how revenue sharing works and how local revenue yep. is classified. 
the Pittsburgh area just simply isn't big enough to make up that money. And, and Steelers Nation around the planet, around the country are great, but that's not local revenue. And the Steelers don't see that. All right. Um, all right. I, I got another one I'm going to pull up here. And you know what? Here, here we go. I thought, you know, I th- said he was, you know, on a roll there before we even went live. Uh, so I'm going yeah. with Steeler Freak again. He said, uh, Terry B, I'm guessing he's Terry Bradshaw, apparently said that the Steelers had an agreement with Mitch and his agent as far as starting goes. Do you think that's the reason Mitch is playing? If they made a promise to Mitch Trubisky that he would start a certain number of games or a certain length of time, and that's why he signed right off the bat with them for less money than he might have been able to get somewhere else, uh, then yeah, then that would absolutely be why they're doing it because you don't break that kind of agreement. That would get around. And you'd never be able to promise another player that. And if that's what happened, then absolutely they're doing it. Yeah, because the Steelers aren't the kind of organization that would tell somebody that and then yeah, not do it. You lose your entire credibility then. Like you could yeah. if if they did that, which I don't I'm not saying they did. No, I'm I'm not uh, saying they did either. Yeah, I'm not but if that is the situation where they sat there and said, You're our guy, you're the guy we want, we want you to sign right away. And if you do, we promise you, if you sign right away instead of comp- and making us compete with other people's contracts, we'll let you we will like guarantee you so many starts or this whole year, as long as you're healthy, right? Or some whatever conditions they put on it. Then yeah, they 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 need to follow through on it. They have to. Yeah. Even if we go like, oh and seventeen. If you promise you're going to start all seventeen games, and you go oh and seventeen with him, because otherwise, you're not going to be able to ever do that again. Yeah, you got to be careful with with how you you work with free agents, and and we've, I know Dave and I have talked about that some in the fact that you you don't want to set a precedent where that word kind of gets around because then you'll never get a, you'll never get those free agents. Guys wouldn't even think about signing. So, all right. Um, Brian Brown says, do you guys think the Steelers defense is as good as I do? They are just on the field too long. If the offense could just help out at all. Yeah. I mean, that's been the case the last couple of seasons. Uh, I, I think it was the the Steelers still, their defense has like a lot of the top players in snap counts because they've just played more. Obviously, the first week, 100 defensive snaps is crazy. It's crazy. And then they've been high on the other games since then. Uh, the defense has played a lot. They're not getting, you know, the, the idea of a pitcher in baseball getting run support. The, the, the defense needs some run support here. They do. It makes your whole job easier. You're not quite as tense. You're able to free up and do more. Like they are fighting for every blade of grass, every single drive, because every point they give up is a loss. There's there's no like, oh man, sorry, man, we, we gave up a touchdown there. You're gonna have to get that back offense because the offense isn't getting it back. Yeah, and you know, the the thing I've thought about over the past few days since the Cleveland game was, you know, the Steelers came out. Received the ball in the second half with a lead. The offense moved the ball, picked up several first downs, drive mm-hmm. stalled. They had to punt. The defense then comes on the field. Cleveland puts together a drive that lasts over seven and a half minutes, I believe. Um, 
Cleveland takes the lead, and I'm like, okay, when the offense gets the ball back, okay, offense. The defense just spent seven and a half minutes on the field. We need to control the ball for a little bit. Three and out, three and out, three and out, the next three offensive possessions. Yep. That hurts your defense. You know. Yeah. Um, you, you can't say that those things don't. But, again, we need to be talking about playing complementary football. You know, we're right now, at times we're seeing that, you know, the offense is not playing complementary football to the defense. But there are times where the defense hasn't always played as complementary to the offense as well. So, you know, yeah. that door can swing both ways. All right. Uh, Mark Mark Tobin says, uh, if we continue to struggle and win maybe two or three more games, do you, do you change quarterback after the bye week? Yeah. Yeah, you almost have to. Uh, I, I look, I've said it before, after, I mean, th- there's such a nasty stretch coming up. The teams we're facing are so good this year uh, that, yeah, I, I think you almost have to wait till the bye week, and and the it's a brutal schedule leading into the bye week. Yeah, it it is, and this is another one. Dave and I've talked about some. You know, we we were trying to pick our points in the season where if you're going to make a switch to 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 pick it, you do it. Um, the first one was actually this week coming off coming off of what we like to call the mini buy after the Thursday game. Mm-hmm. Um, although we weren't necessarily big on that one because we uh, we were saying you know that's still kind of early in the season, but if it's just really that bad, do you make the change? That one's not happening. The next one's actually you know coming off the buy. Do you do you make the change after the bye week? Um, maybe. And if it's not that, the only other time you make a change is maybe, you know, when you get to that point later in the season where you're basically eliminated from playoff contention, do you make your change then to start to get your quarterback ready for next year? Yeah. So I circled week seven after the Buffalo Bills and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm like, oh, we're playing the Dolphins and then the Eagles. Like, mm, that's not too bad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Look at those teams now. Holy crap. Yeah. The Dolphins and Eagles are killing it. Uh my goodness. Yeah. You don't you, you the Jets, we have the Jets game. If we win this Jets game, right? The next four after that are brutal. Three on the road. Yeah. And the only one that's here is against Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. That defense could potentially outscore our offense in a single game. Oh, they they could, yes. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it that would not be inconceivable. It could be like seven to six. Their defense beats our offense, and then their offense, you know, whatever score points their offense gets, it's going to be bad. Yeah, you know what? Here's an interesting question comes up from uh, George Teston says, "How do you think Charlie Batch would be as offensive coordinator?" I don't. I don't know if Charlie would be interested in it. He. I mean, even when he was a backup quarterback here he was so focused on community work and charity work and stuff and he's full time in that uh he I, I don't think he's put in the work so I don't think he'd be good because that's not the direction he went at all when he was when he was done playing yeah sometimes to get into coaching you got to have be in that mindset from 
the get-go, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, George, it's a great question because, you know, you know, another former backup quarterback for the Steelers, yeah, Byron Leftwich is doing quite well as offensive coordinator in, in Tampa. So mm-hmm. um, I think – I think had that been something Charlie Batch wanted to do, I think he would have been good at it. I just don't think that's something Charlie Batch ever wanted to do. Yeah. So let's see. Um, What else do we have? What else do we have? What else do we have? Sorry. It's, it's fun trying to pick through the questions from I got to take this one up here. Okay, grab Gary it. Gary Branch on Facebook says, where's Wizard? <laughs> I believe he's, I think he's in college somewhere. I think he's a college offensive coordinator somewhere, or like an assistant somewhere uh, for some college team. I'm pretty sure of that. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he actually okay. He is off. He's an offensive assistant at Penn State. Okay, because I, I knew I, I was thinking it was Penn State, but I didn't want to. Well, well, there, there you go. He's he, he's he's not that far away. <laughs> he's not even like a position coach. He's an his title says a current title is offensive analyst. So he's just breaking down film and and talking to coaches. Um, here's a good one. William Caldwell asks, what's more worrisome to y'all, not having a secure OC or a secure quarterback? Okay. Um, Like, we just talked about Ken Wisenhunt. Like, look at what he did when he had a good quarterback, and look at how good he was. Uh, And look at that when they didn't. You know, you, you look at some of these really respected offensive coordinators and you look at what they do when they don't have a lot of talent. Uh, I'll take the I'll take the quarterback over the offensive coordinator any day. Ben Ben Roethlisberger could could fight with Todd Haley and still go out and throw you know touchdowns. Uh, the offensive coordinator can't make a diamond out of a lump of coal. They can't do it. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. Your coordinators are really only ever going to be as good as their offense can be, and the offense being good, um, a lot of that rides on your quarterback play. So, yeah. all right, I got to bring this one up just because I find it fun and interesting. It's not even a question, but uh, Valley Ford said, uh, when Stout was bad, we wanted Bubby. When Bubby was bad, we wanted O'Donnell. When O'Donnell left, we wanted Cordell. When Cordell flamed out, we wanted Maddox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it was. <laughs> and then we wanted Ben. And then people – and then I, do you remember the year Ben was struggling and Charlie Batch came in and won and people were like, just start oh, Charlie yeah. Batch. Oh, yeah. Just start Charlie Batch. He won a game. We ran the ball and won with defense. Start Charlie Batch. Like it's we're Steeler fans, man. We quarterbacks are there to get sacked. I've I've always said this. I I I would rather see a quarterback getting like running for his life and getting hit in the backfield than see a quarterback like with a beautiful pocket dotting up dimes in the secondary. I that's just that's why I like Pittsburgh Steelers football. 
I've always I've always liked seeing like quarterbacks get hit. I always like seeing good defense more than I I like pretty offense. And uh, yeah, that's I think that bleeds over into Pittsburgh where we're like get rid of this quarterback, get a new one in here. <laughs> you know, we were lucky for for the better part of eighteen years not not having that. We I knew that was coming back. Yeah, because yeah. all those that we just had up there on the screen, I lived through and was a Steeler fan for, and you know, I heard it. Yeah, remember, you heard it. I just remember. Ken, I remember when they brought in Kent Graham. That's oh, what I yes. remember. And Bill Cowher was like, "This is the dude," and all the and there were fans that were like, "Yeah, we got Kent Graham. We're gonna yeah, be great. look at him. Like, oh. oh, he's a big guy. Look at him. How he stands in the pocket, and that didn't turn out so great." Yeah. And then, we, then, like, what was it, Paxton Lynch we had on the practice squad? And people were like, whoa, look how tall he is. Yep. <laughs> I bet he'd be great. No. Oh, man. Still Cold says, do you think there's division in the locker room? Probably. I don't know how bad it is, but I, I imagine with losses like that, it's got there's got to be something there. Which probably I, I don't right know. Important that Mitch Trubisky is well-liked in the locker room because otherwise – there might be worse. Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to call it division in the locker room, but I'm sure there's a lot of grumblings in the locker room. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, guys. Hate to lose. And right now, they, I, I can tell you that there are probably plenty of guys on the Steelers team that do not feel they are playing up to where they should be. And they probably all have their own ideas as to why that is the case. Um, mm -hmm. I am sure that it is. It's probably a lot more tense now than, you know, a couple years ago when they were three and oh, at this point, you know, there, yeah. there's, there's probably a lot more. It's probably a lot more tense in there. Yeah. I would agree with that, man. Oh, you, you I, know I they threw it. You take a guy like Cam Hayward, man. I bet the, I bet he has that scowl at some people during oh, practice. Uh, yeah, in the film room, coming like I, if I was Cam Hayward, I'd be like coming in like the the offensive film room and just like glare at people. Just be like, really? Like look at the film and then look at him. Look up at the screen. Look at him again. Be like, really? I doubt he does that. He's he's a he's a he's a great leader. But man, I'd do it. <laughs> and they're like, see that? You guys are awful. Score some freaking points. Yeah, score some points. That's I, you know what? There, I bet there's a lot of people on the board out of there on the board tonight here that would say the same thing. Just, yeah. just go score some freaking points and you know help us out here. Yeah. So, um, you, you, you know, um, they kind of. You and I kind of got thrown out here as the sacrificial lambs on this tonight. You know, it was decided, hey, we need to do a we need to do a Sunday night Q and A since we don't have a, a post game show and things like that. And so we were trying to find out, who, you know, who could do it. And what was amazing how many people had really important things going on this evening. Um, I was not one of those people and was like, yeah, you know, I could step up and, 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 and take care of this. And only after I said I was available and could do this, did I think, boy, this is probably not going to be a real pretty Sunday night Q and a. Yeah. So, um, you know, I am going to take what, part? 
what was your favorite? What was the thing you were most impressed with on the Steelers side? What was the best looking thing on the Steelers last this past week? To be a little positive, something that surprised oh. you, or something that you could just look at and say that was actually good. Uh, well, I'm actually I was actually happy with our offense in the first half. Yeah. We were mixing run and pass, and we were changing tempo, sometimes huddling, sometimes going quick, some th- you know, mm-hmm. and it felt like the offense was was in a flow. Like they, yeah. they had it going. And then they left that in the locker room at halftime. Yeah, I remember that because because so. uh we were on our Slack channel and KT Smith actually he's like Jeffrey, that's the like Matt Canada offense. This looks like the Matt Canada offense we've been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, one thing I say about Matt Canada is when his offense works, it works really well. And when it stops working, it's bad. Yeah. Like there's no, there's like you watch him in college. There's those incredible upsets where you're like, holy crap, you know, they're, they're scoring how much on Clemson? You know, Maryland's doing what to Ohio State? And then there's other games where you're like, they can't move the ball against this, you know, like second rate team, you know? And they just can't do it. When his offense is working, it works. When his yeah. offense isn't, it doesn't. And when it worked, it was working. And then all of a sudden, second half, it was like, eh, we're done. That was our that was our good drives. We're done. I'll tell you one all thing right. I was impressed with. And since since people are already upset, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I wanted to go and, and put this in here. Is uh, okay. Devin Bush? Devin Bush played a heck yes. of a game. On yeah, I Thursday. saw. I saw those clips you put in the, in the Slack channel, and yeah. uh, what was funny on those plays? Those were some of the same plays during the game that I that I noticed as well. Yeah. Um, he, every there are still plenty of folks that are still really down on him, but I'm starting to see flashes here and there of the Devin Bush pre knee injury. Yeah, yeah, and we get that back. I mean, that's good. I mean, he he obviously isn't you know going to be throwing to receivers anytime soon, but uh, <laughs> still having two good linebackers is better than having one. That is correct. So, all right, I do want to take one more question that I saw here. Uh, Demetrios uh, says, uh, "What do you think are the top couple things the Steelers can do to right the ship?" Oh man, I'm gonna do it here. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Because Mitch, the Mitch Trubisky can't isn't throwing in rhythm, he's not getting it going. Uh, and to me, Kenny Pickett would actually do much better. Like everyone wants to say, hey, we need to complete passes downfield. Well, that's that's how I'm gonna get with Kenny. Uh, but Mitch Trubisky is one of the least efficient short passers in the NFL right now. One of the worst. And if that's better, that's the difference. Like he throw, he's he's Mitch Trubisky has thrown more deep passes than like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You you list any of the top quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky has thrown deep more than they have, not as efficiently as they have, but more than. But the big difference is their efficiency on shorter routes. You have to put the ball in a location where the receiver can catch it and then do something with it, and that's not happening. So for me, it's Kenny Pickett. That's really the only um, thing they can do. And pray TJ Watt comes back healthy. Uh, yeah, you've kind of hit hit the two things. You know, I, I had I had been on and was one that was not wanting to be real quick to say pull the plug on Trubisky. Um 
Yeah. All, all the back foot. That way either, no, I don't want to be that way either. But I've started to, to lose my confidence there because I see way yeah. too many back foot throws. Oh, yeah. Which just kills his accuracy, which then leads to not being as efficient on the short passes mm-hmm. and being efficient on the deep passes. Um, he's relying just too relying too much on just the arm and not the mechanics. Yeah. Look at how many times Deontay Johnson has to come back for a ball and either it ends up incomplete or short of the sticks because he has to run back for the ball. And then you look at Mitch Trubisky and he's throwing off his back foot. Yeah. Which pulls it short and outside when you, when you, when you're throwing and you go like this, it's, it's pulling the ball short and outside and that's where they end up. You know, I'm not saying that the Steelers aren't going to win games with Mitchell Trubisky at at quarterback. I think there comes a point in the season, though, where Coach Tomlin and the front office have to start to look at it and say, okay, where, you know, our, our future is not going to be Mitchell Trubisky. Um, we need to find out if our future is Kenny Pickett. So that time should be now. Yeah. And I'll say uh, Mitch Trubisky is, is another player that when he's on, he's not bad. He's pretty good. But the problem is right now he's not comfortable. And when he gets some good plays going, like in that first half, he started getting it going. Came out in the second half. Uh, they got some pressures on him. A few things broke down. And all of a sudden he's he's stacking bad play after bad play. He's throwing off his back foot when he doesn't need to. He's He's – putting himself into pressure instead of stepping up in the pocket and, and being secure. Like he's, he's one of those quarterbacks when he's good, he's good, but you've got to keep him in that zone and he doesn't stay there. He, he gets on bad streaks and he stacks bad plays. Which makes it tough to continue to be a starting quarterback in the NFL throw on top of that. You're dealing with a fan base that is coming off of future hall of fame quarterback. Uh, yeah. and that makes it even more tough. Yes. So stronger arm than Mitchell Trubisky, better touch and read faster reads than Kenny Pickett. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger in his prime, you could take Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and combine them and you'd have half of Ben Roethlisberger. Like that's <laughs> what we're talking about here. People like, like these guys are nowhere near him. No. Um, but in, in the same token though, I would, I'm sure there are a lot of folks out there say that that is true currently. However, Kenny Pickett has the potential to grow into that, and I don't think you're going to get much of anything different from Trubisky. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. We so, know what we have. Yeah. You're seeing so. what you get. You're seeing what everyone's gotten from him. All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here this evening. Uh, we appreciate everybody that came out here uh, on a non-Steeler football Sunday. Uh, just to throw a few programming tidbits out there, we are to be back to our regular podcast schedule this week as the Steelers get back to playing next Sunday. So, uh, in terms of live broadcasts, you will have the hangover tomorrow and I'll be back Tuesday night with my brother Dave for the Scobro show. Jeffrey, you were back on Wednesday. Yep. And, uh, Tuesday morning, my cutting room floor is going to be out. Cutting room floor on Tuesday. You're back Wednesday evening for the Know Your Enemy show, uh, the pregame. 
the pregame show on Thursday, and uh, then both the touchdown under and the Friday night six pack on Friday. So we are back into that. Um, if you've not been doing it, you may want to uh, slide on over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Check out some of the articles that have been going on. Jeffrey, I, I don't know. Between you and KT, um, I don't know whose articles I like more. I love both your guys' stuff. Your guys' breakdown of film, both of you, is just phenomenal. And I don't miss a story that either one of you put out there just because you all are taking that time and going back and looking and breaking things down the way that I wish I had more time to do. <laughs> No, people say people ask me like, "How do you do? How do you get to break that down?" I'm like, dude, I got time. Like, I'm, a, I'm largely, I'm a, I do this, and outside of that, I'm a stay at home dad. So I got time. My kids are in school. I watch football. <laughs> it's fun. lucky, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, maybe not as much, but it's a fun. It's a good job. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so uh, this is Big Brosco, aka Rich Schofield, for BehindTheSealCurtain.com. Jeffrey, you want to take us out tonight? Yeah, everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for all the questions in the live chat. We got through some, but there were so many good questions. Thank you for being here. For everyone listening to this on audio platform, thank you for listening. Make sure you're checking out all our other podcasts. As I say always, thank you for being here. Have a great week, and let's go Steelers.